0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Welcome back to the How We Solve podcast. Today I have with me John and Richard from Virum Ecom two co-founders who are really killing it at e-commerce right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you, GQ, for having us on the show. Really appreciate the opportunity, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for keeping us flexible too.
0: All right. Yeah, well, no problem. Really glad because the topic we're going to discuss today I think will interest a lot of entrepreneurs. But before we do that, just a little bit of a teaser, right? Uh, If you could share with me, what's your company's elevator pitch? What's Veroom Ecom about? Okay,
2: so Veroom Ecom is all about providing real value to people and actually helping people learn to do e-commerce. Our entire business model revolves around helping people become more successful in e-commerce so that they can actually help us back in return because we want to also develop our own software company and we want to promote that as well. And to do that, we need credibility, which means by having more people succeed, we get to
0: also succeed as well. All right. Super cool. Super cool. So, what, the topic that we're going to cover today, I think we were catching up a little bit just before the interview, and that is building out an eight figure e commerce company.
1: Yeah. So, I think in a lot of ways, Viram is our like front facing part of our business where we're trying to provide value to other merchants trying to enter the e commerce space. But on the back end, and I'd say that's probably making content. We're not professional content creators. So, maybe that takes like 10% of our time on a daily basis or or even less than that. So the 90% or the 95% we're spending on the backend operations of running a e-commerce enterprise, which would be like multi-store, but logistics team, customer support, their purpose to handle um, different stores through multi-channels. So they can handle, you know, the same agent could provide support for different stores. Okay,
0: okay. So. Let's talk
1: about, you know, I, I'm also pretty interested
0: to, f- to find out, you know, how do you get to eight figures? Like, you know, today, if I'm an, like someone who's just starting out, maybe I have, I already have a store and I like to grow this to eight figures. What are some of the, I guess, first steps that I should take?
2: The first step is all about the marketing, right? But then the next step, which is probably the biggest part of this whole process is the infrastructure to handle the marketing, right? So the first step is you need to have a solid marketing plan, which is, you have to understand how the markets work. You have to understand what kind of products sell, depending on the season, depending on the trend. you got to also understand how customers purchase products, like what kind of price to uh, price your products at. So basically, you have to under- You got to do a lot of market research, figure out the right products to sell, and then you have to come up with an advertising strategy that will help you scale profitably to these like eight-figure numbers, right? And uh, once you get to those numbers, then it's like up to the back-end systems, the infrastructures, to be able to handle this type of volume, which Richard Richard
1: will cover now. So I would say at that point, I mean, like John's right hundred percent, like you could start an e-commerce store now with no customer service team, no backend. You could just, it could just be you. And if you're good enough at like Facebook ads or Google ads, you could bring your company up to eight figures. But that's where you have the problems. If you're making all this revenue, you need the support, you need all the structures and you need to piece all the moving parts of taking your Shopify platform to your supplier through the supply chain, and then all of the after-sales support after that. So, I mean, I think that's, that's the bulk of uh, the management process. So right now we're managing almost like 50 people um, without uh, the Chinese side. Wow, that is pretty intense. And
0: running a company like this, you must have faced quite a bit of really large challenges along the way to get here. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the one challenge that you can recall is like, okay, that's the most memorable one out of my entire journey so far.
1: Dude, definitely the Ashar supply chain issue. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I think this was back when we first started partnering up on some new endeavors, and we had um, a line of products that we were processing through through a third party outsourcing agency, basically. So we work with them a lot in house. Usually, they're super reliable and great, but in this case, I think there was just some miscommunication where between our supplier source and the payment processor, where the payments were canceled. And we didn't catch that the payments were canceled for all these outgoing products. So for I think it was like almost like two weeks of delay for like more than like 10,000 orders. <laughs> like we just got an wow. absolute chargebacks, you know, six figures of chargebacks from that.
0: Holy crap. That is crazy. That is crazy. And, and then how did you like bounce back from that
1: quickly? Like how did you, you know, address that as soon as you could? That was actually, yeah, I think it was, you know, looking back, it was an educational process because we gained so much knowledge from dealing with, dealing with this kind of problem at, at scale so going back into the damage control manually you know attributing all of the orders that were missed to the processing to make sure that they were shipped out on time preparing all the evidence for chargebacks to dispute with banks because you know hey we we did ship out the items uh, at some point so we had some evidence and we won quite a bit of chargebacks in, in the other side so kind of figuring out how to finesse around that keeping our chargeback percentage as low as possible Across the board, man, there's all sorts of learning lessons.
0: That is very useful because you know I think listeners can also benefit from knowing or anticipating the possibility of something like that happening to them as well. And in fact, you know, do I, I guess like getting to getting to a state like this, there must be at least one thing that motivates you or keeps you going all the way. Like you know what, and maybe we can we can take turns here. We can start with uh, John. Like you know, what motivates you to keep going with Virum e-commerce in general?
2: You know, it's like, I'm, I'm definitely the worst guy to ask a question like this when it comes to motivation, <laughs> right? Because I feel like there's really nothing inherently motivating me to keep on going. But when it comes to like doing stuff, you know, my whole, my whole life, I was just on the computer playing video games and making online businesses, right? I had online businesses going since I was in elementary school. I had like this MapleStory private server. I was making a lot of cash <laughs> from that. Then I was selling RuneScape gold in middle school. Then I made a League of Legends boosting company in co- or in high school, and then in college I did Amazon affiliates. And then as I got older, I got into some dropshipping, SEO, and like all this online stuff, right? So like, it's not really I'm not I don't think I'm really motivated to just keep going. I don't think there's anything intrinsically inside me to motivate me to keep going. But I just have this habit, and I just enjoy just making stuff and creating stuff and seeing it do pretty well. And it's like. That's like my main enjoyment in life is just creating stuff and seeing it become successful. So I just keep on doing it regardless of whatever happens. This is my hobby, you know. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. I like that. What about
1: you, Richard? Yeah, I would say that's the advantage that both me and John have here is I don't do this as a job. I feel like I just do this for fun. You know, it's something that I want to like show up to every day. I want to manage a team. I want to build something that's, that's cool. I want to build a workplace and a company culture that people like showing up to work. They don't feel like it's a job. They feel like it's something that they own for themselves. I, I like just building things like that. And I think, um, you know, if you gave me a choice to take all the money and stop doing it or just to keep on doing it, I would do it just because it's a passion. And with how e-commerce is shaping up right now, because, you know, with with,
0: with the current state of things in the world right now, I guess it, it's a, kind of like a like a double-edged thing. Because like, like uh, with some of the businesses that we've worked with, we're seeing not necessarily the best results because of COVID-19, but on the other hand, in e-commerce, certain industries are just booming. It's like, I think one example that I can think of was uh, some, there was a client that we work with that went from literally 400 tickets to like 4,000 tickets in one day. Like it was just like an overnight thing. So I'm not sure what, what you guys are seeing on your end with COVID-19 for e-com. I think for us, it's like, what we've been seeing recently is like,
2: because of the increase in shipping costs, our profit margins are going down. But we are still able to maintain our stores and continue to run. It's just that I I would say we're getting a little bit less of a net profit
1: margin at the the moment because of COVID-19. Yeah. On the flip side, there's also the benefit of, you know, more people are at home buying things online. So I think people's buying habits are changing. It's easier to reach people. CPMs for advertising is also cheaper. And I think because of the higher shipping costs, we're having less competition in the market because a lot of people are just taking a pause from their business during this time. Yep. So definitely, it's like like a plus and minus at the same
2: time. But I think overall, it's like once this entire corona situation is over, and there's like a vaccine and some medicine for this stuff, and this is all good, then it's going to really increase the amount of people shopping online. Because now during the corona season, it's like everyone is buying online. It's kind of training everyone to now just continue to use e-commerce, buy more online. And it's going to just steepen or it's going to raise the curve of just people buying online even faster so going forward in like 2021 2022 i feel like the number of people shopping online is going to increase by a lot which means this is a great time like a great opportunity for many people to get into e-commerce and start learning how to do it because it's not super hard to do right now because setting up all these stores and whatnot it's quite easy because you have all these platforms now whereas back back in the day you didn't really have access to all these tools to set up your store and move quickly. So I think this is
0: just a, a really opportune time for most people. And I think it's such a way that, you know, we're switching towards online. And, you know, just out of curiosity, are, are you guys, like when you guys started Verum Econ, like, uh, was it from like, a, was it like a remote company from the beginning? Like, was everyone
1: remote when you guys started or did you have an office? I think both of us, John, we, we did, we sort of bootstrapped everything. You know, we came into the, our industry with probably less than $1,500 in capital individually, you know, Uh, We partnered up after a few years, but yeah, like building an office space just takes too much capital. Hiring people from you know high wage countries like the U.S. or Canada or the U.K. is too difficult for a lot of people to start with. You know, how can you pay someone a salary when you don't even make that much revenue? You know, to get a business off the ground without taking a business loan. So yeah, if you're working with lower cost people, you're working with people who part time, people who only clock in through an online workspace through some sort of time management app, where they only charge you when they're actually working. This has really enabled us to build a, a sort of a remote workplace culture and uh, manage our team at a much better cost. So the reason why I asked that,
0: because, you know, now everyone's working from home, right? So before, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you got to go to the office and everyone's kind of stuck in that. But I think we're seeing now that businesses. And so I, I had a chat with a friend and they they have like 150 plus people in an office in Singapore. And they decided, okay, well, not they decided, the world decided that COVID-19 happened. Everyone went back to work from home. Now they're thinking of canceling the office and you know how much office space is cost. So like understanding, you know, that you guys build your business from the ground up online, I think we, like that has kind of also helped you, you know, I guess, weather the storm in a way. Like you guys are already online. So there's nothing much to really
1: change even in a time like this. Yeah, even our KPIs are better because people are sort of less distracted with going out of the home and, you know, they're, they can work in the office. Yeah. I mean, the benefits of having a physical office, but yeah, in, in general, um, our business practices haven't changed much. And people are happy for it.
0: What are some good ways you think to maintain, you know, like, let's say today, you know, I have a business that we've just kind of moved online because some people are transitioning really slowly because like, you know, like they might have worked out of a brick and mortar store for a really long time. What are some, Good tips or management tips that you can re- you can share that allow people to go online and still maintain your business at I guess optimal performance and and everyone's still happy and collaborative despite not seeing each other face to face that is and like <laughs> in the physical
1: space. Yeah, I think good communication bridges the gaps with that company culture, clear expectations for a remote workplace. One of the benefits we have in recruiting new people, for example, is that we're offering a work from home position, which a lot of people benefit from, especially you know if you're you have kids, you have young kids, you know, if you're expecting a kid, you can stay home, take care of your kids, sit at home, work on your computer or something. Yeah, just good company culture. And here, here's
0: a question for John. So when it comes to growing your e-com business, right? What are some key traits that you think an entrepreneur or even, I guess, like anyone who wants to start, who wants to get an e-commerce, what's, what are some of the key traits they need to be successful?
2: in my opinion i think the biggest trait is it's the mindset right i don't think you have to be a genius you don't have to be super talented you don't have to be you don't have to work super hard but it's really the mindset that i feel like the people who succeed always have this mindset and that the that mindset is persistence and that means that no matter how many times you fail you keep on going and you keep on trying as in you fail once you improve it a little bit try it again, fail, improve it, try it again. And you just keep going no matter what because you know in your head that if you keep trying, you're going to make it. And if you have this mindset, you're always going to succeed. And it's like every single thing I've done in my life now, it's like every time I do something, I, I 100% believe in my head that at the end of this road, I see myself actually making it. And whatever dream I have, it's going to become true. And it's not. It, it doesn't even take that long of a time. It's only like a year Maybe two years tops, but it's like a year or two years of heavy focus of doing this over and over and over again, of just failing and trying, failing and trying until you hit this one turning point where things start to start, it starts to do good. And then from that point, it just starts snowballing and then it starts to do really good. And you're like, holy shit, this is, it's getting really fun now. Like, I'm getting good at whatever I'm doing and I'm becoming successful and I'm achieving my goals and my dreams. And I think it's this one mindset that really gets people to success. And it's the people that quit too early that never really get to see this success
0: that they want to get to. I like that. I like that. And that's kind of like, in a way, I think what you're saying, like, like seeing the end goal and actually realizing that you succeeded. I forgot, there's, like a, there's a term for this, but like visualizing that end goal. Now, I, I think that, that, that's so true. What about you, Richard? What are
1: some of the traits that you think entrepreneurs should have when it comes to e I totally agree with John here. I think consistency and persistence outweighs being intelligent or hardworking. I think sometimes I remember a quote from John. I remember telling him, I'm really lazy, John, at managing things and doing things. And I think he he stood up and he's like, lazy. I'll show you lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think really having the mindset where you keep moving forward, regardless of the issues that you're facing or the problems that you're facing, and that you can overcome them. Because especially in today's world, we have so much access to information that pretty much every problem that we encounter, somebody has already solved this. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel or doing anything like that. And everything we interact with is just sort of like a screen on a computer. So we have all the tools we need to actually solve the problem. So with between the tools we need, the information we need and the persistence to keep moving forward through your failures, you're probably going to be successful. I love that. And in line with the
0: topic of trades. So I always like to ask my guests, and we'll take turns, right? So we'll go back to John. Is there a personal mission statement that you live by that guides you, you know, in your day to day and your business? I don't think I really have a personal mission statement for
2: my business, but I have a personal mission statement that runs my life, which is I wanna wake up, I wanna enjoy my life. Every day, I wanna, every day, the whole purpose of my day is to have a good time. Like if I have a like just having a good time throughout the whole day, that's it for me. I'm not looking forward to anything else in life. I don't think there's some ultimate goal, some ultimate purpose to living my life. But if I can have a happy and very fun life, I mean fun day, that's already good enough for me. That's all I'm living day by day for. It's like to have a good time each day with the people I love, work with the people I love, hang out with my best friends and do the
0: stuff I love. And that's that's literally it. Okay, I love that. That is really, really, really cool. Chills, like, yeah. Just, just live for the moment, enjoy it, because like every day it's so important. And I, and, and I think that, like, like even now, I think that that definitely does make a lot more sense. Because you know, as much as everyone's always shooting for that angle, right? Like, you want to achieve this, you want to achieve that. That's definitely great. But I think if you don't tr- learn to treasure what's going on right now, you tend to forget it and you miss it. Yeah. So I mean, I have these
2: goals, right but these goals are not my main priority. My, my main priority is my happiness. If I'm happy, I'm already there. It's like, I'm already there, but I have these goals. I would like to get there. I will continue to work to get there. But my goal for the day is to be happy and have a good time because if I'm not having a good time, I'm basically losing in life, right? It's like, no matter how successful you are, right? If you're not happy and you're not having a good time living your life, you're basically just losing at life because what's the point of you being successful if you're not having a good time living, right? So it's like to win, you have to be feeling good. You have to be happy. And I want to win every day, which means don't make your fucking goal like you have to do this. Like if I don't get there, I'm going to be miserable. It's like that's not how you should be doing it. It's like you pick a goal. You're going to get there slowly, but just enjoy your day like day by
1: day and just have a good time. I love it. What about you, Richard? I think that's a great uh, mindset. And I think that takes John super far. But I think also on the flip side, dealing with problems and managing your stress is also key. So, sort of, you know, going day by day, and as you face challenges, as you face obstacles, not taking things too seriously. I mean, nothing is life-threatening, right? So, even if your supply chain is messed up, or your payment processor has some sort of issue, or you know, Facebook bans all of your ad accounts all at once, <laughs> uh, stops your entire cash flow for for a month or something. Just knowing how to emotionally and sort of psychologically react to those issues where. I want to be calm. I want to move forward. I want to do the actions that move me towards solving the goal and not be too stressed out about it. So I think that's really the mindset that I have for managing my day-to-day business.
0: That is awesome. And
1: and what if, you
0: know, like, let's say there are entrepreneurs and listeners who are struggling with that right now and that they needed some advice on that. What's a good way to contact you to get some information or like some tips?
1: You could probably check out our YouTube channel at VeroBeCalm on YouTube. If you check our Facebook group,
2: I recently uploaded an introduction from the the course that we're making. I'm I'm uploading some of the content from the course for free onto the Facebook group. And one of the introductions that I uploaded onto the Facebook group talks kind of about motivation, what it takes to succeed, and uh, how to deal with some of the failures uh, inside this little introductory video that
0: people seem to really love. So if you go to our Facebook group, you should be able to find that video. Okay, so Facebook group, guys, check that out. Please go check that out. Well, we'll have that in the show notes anyway, so they they they'll be able to definitely find find your YouTube channel and Facebook group as well. If I maybe I could, maybe, yeah, maybe I could get that uh, as well. I don't think eh, I'm not sure if we have it there, but we'll promote that for sure. So we just had this conversation, and we're talking about how there might be misinformation. It is so much content, you know, that, that you guys were saying. There's so much content on the internet right now. So how does one differentiate how they learn about e-commerce? You know, because Information might be misleading.
2: Yeah, so it all depends. So it's like if you go on YouTube, you know, there's people out there just straight blatantly selling these courses through these cold advertisements where they're like, oh, you can, it's like, check out my webinar. It's a simple three step funnel process, which they repeat it every single time. It's like, come check out this webinar. On the webinar, they basically tell you nothing, but they sell you on a dream, right? The first biggest warning sign here when it comes to spotting the wrong information is so there's somebody out there trying to sell you a dream. They're like, if you do this, it's like anybody could do this with zero experience. It's super easy. You need like no money and it's, it's going to take you like a couple hours a day and you're going to live this dream life where you have this Lambo and this nice car. And the moment you hear the word like you get to live your dream, just run. Just get the <laughs> hell out of there. Run away because, because you already know it's a, if somebody's trying to sell you on a dream, it's a scam, right? Nobody is going to teach you how to live your dream. But there's people out there who actually give out information. And the people who, who actually teach people information, they never sell people on a dream. They just say, hey, we have this information. If you want to learn this information, come check it out, right? I, I recently bought this uh Facebook ads course by this dude who uh, used to work at Facebook. And I saw his own advertisement for the course. And I bought it personally myself because of the way he presented the advertisement. And basically in the advertisement, he doesn't say, hey, man, like I'm going to teach you how to how to run Facebook advertisements so you can live your dream life. Like, you're going to get this Lambo if you buy my Facebook course. He just said, Hey, in this Facebook course, we're going to cover how to do all of this stuff. I'm going to go in depth about manual bidding, some of this new terminology that Facebook came up with. And uh, by the time you finish this course, you'll have a much more in depth understanding of Facebook. And boom, it's like, you know, the exact summary of the course, you know what he's about to do. And here's the information nicely presented and laid out. And you're like, wow, that's that's some real information right there. So, it's like that's a very easy way to decipher between real information and fake information. And another thing is, it's like if you go to these YouTube videos, people have these very, very long intros where they're rambling on about stuff, where they're not really teaching you anything, but they're kind of, it's like everyone is trying to market a bit, right? Because on YouTube, a lot of these gurus, they don't really know what they're doing. Like they don't actually know how to do e commerce or SEO or affiliate marketing or any of this. This online space is new there's no one to really moderate the space so people can just say whatever the fuck they want. And that's why it's <laughs> like at the beginning of these intros, people will ramble on trying to market themselves as some God, like some God-tier marketer. But if you hear someone trying to like validate how good they are at marketing at the start of the videos, then just run because you already know that whatever 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 else is about to come, it's not going to be very good, good either. Then it's like another thing is it's like these courses, right? These courses, people are just like, they're milking the hell out of these courses on the front end so hard. They're selling them for like 1000 or $2,000, 3000 $5,000. Um, it's like when I started, I bought a course myself because I got scammed myself when I got started with a course. And it's like you buy this course thinking that you're going to learn stuff for like 1000 or $2,000, but they teach you the most rudimentary basic stuff. They skip all the meat, and the meat is like how to actually sell the product, right? They show you how to set up the store, how to set up your Facebook account. And then after that, they don't teach you how to do the marketing. And the marketing is where you make the money, but they don't <laughs> teach you that. So then you end up losing all this money where you could have got this information for free. And you just, you're just you left with this course that doesn't really help you with much. And this person just ran off with $1,000 of your cash, right? Oh, man. And, th- and that's basically it. It's like I'm, I'm very tired of seeing this happening over and over again. And I also wanted to kind of uh, tell you guys on this podcast why there is a win-win business model where... The, both the person teaching and the people viewing the content get to win. And if you kind of look at Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels, um, he's kind of got a, a system going where on the front end, he gives you a lot of value for free, he teaches you stuff for free, like he gives you this book for like a dollar. He gives you all this training material for free. And then it's like you get into ClickFunnels and you have all this all this experience with marketing. And then it's like you're able to succeed with ClickFunnels thanks to his training courses And marketing materials that he's provided you for free and then you end up using the software you're like the software is pretty good and the software is making you money so you get to win russell gets to win and everyone gets to win right so it's like i kind of look at russell and i'm like for us to do that it's like we give you this course for 99 bucks This course is probably worth thousands upon thousands because we've poured our heart and soul into it. There's so much information in there, but you're literally getting it for free. And like the only reason I'd say I'm even charging 99 is to kind of compensate a little bit of our time for making this course. But essentially for 99 bucks, you're getting so much value that it's ridiculous. But at at the end of the day, it's like I'm trying to give you the highest chances of succeeding without you having to put a down payment on like your house or something to pay for this course. By helping everybody else succeed in this entire industry, we build more credibility, more trust, and then we start to come up with our own systems of like our own logistics warehouse where we can supply products for our, our clients, our user base. We create these nice applications for people to use that will also help them and grow their businesses bigger. And by us helping them, they help us in return. And we have this nice ecosystem flowing where we're helping each other out simultaneously rather than it's like I'm taking your money and I'm just getting the fuck out of here. And, and it's, like, it's like, that's what I've been seeing in this entire market space. And I think the reason why uh, me and Richard are able to come into this market and kind of do this is because we're not really spending that much cash. Like, I'm living here in Chiang Mai. My house is pretty nice, but it's only like $3,000 a month. And we're making like multi six figures in profit per month, we're, we're barely spending any money in terms of living expenses. And we're not, we don't really need any cash because we already have enough cash. So I'm not really looking for that short-term cash. We're rather looking to build these long-term businesses that are sustainable, which allows us to provide valuable content to people and actually help people out versus people who are looking to make as much money as possible, buy a Lamborghini really quick, put it on their Instagram. And then soon enough, it's like, they need to get another Lamborghini for some reason. And then it's like, <laughs> they got to get some more cash. And it's like, I've been seeing this happening over and over again. And, It was just getting very tiresome. And that's why I was like, in like mid-2019, I was like, it's time for us to kind of enter into this market and shut these people down so that when people come into e-commerce, they don't go and buy this $1,000 or $2,000 course that they're going to get ripped off on. Everyone will just come to us and get actual information and the help they actually need and the tools that's going to actually help them succeed. Versus people going to all these other people and just burning all their cash, and I just see all these horror stories of people losing all of their money because all these people are just like getting the wrong information from people who don't even do e-commerce. And I was just like getting frustrated, like seeing this happen. And even though I don't like teaching the most, I definitely do see the opportunity in this whole market space right now. And I'm doing my best to improve at speaking and talking and uh, creating the best, like the best content possible. Like we've delayed our course for the past three months because I was so nervous that speaking like i feel like i have so much information to say but it's so hard for me to lay it out in a concise order that it, it takes me a long time to make these videos for some reason but i've been getting better at it and now it's like as, as we continue to progress these course i mean uh, these youtube videos will be coming out faster our course content will be updating faster and people will be getting more information uh, faster and yeah that's just like i just wanted to rant about this because that's literally what Viram is. It's like we're just here to stop all these people from taking everyone's cash and uh, putting like just literally just making people go broke. I'm just like, it's like, why, why would you do that to people? It's like everyone in, on the internet right now is just literally taking money from people. And it's hard to just sit, sit on the side and see it because I know exactly what people are doing.
1: It's a bad business model in general. I mean, like the market size for e-commerce is so massive that we're more successful by making people actually successful. And that business yeah. model That is going to help us more in the long run.
0: It is. It is, and I really do agree with that. I was so we we worked with a lot of Shopify brands uh, with LTV Plus, the company that I run. We've been working with Shopify stores for a really long time, but we never really participated in any of the events. And so we uh, we were at the uh, Shopify Pursuit Conference uh, in Amsterdam before COVID nineteen. You know, like all the quarantine started coming to play. It was really really exciting to catch up with other agencies and merchants and everyone was just talking about how they could help each other out. No one was out there to just like, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. It was literally, like you said, exchanging value, helping everyone prosper together because, you know, you help a merchant grow, agencies also grow. Everyone grows together, everyone wins. And customers also get the products that they want. So there's only like wins everywhere. So I love that. I, I really love the fact that you're coming at this with a with a value driven uh, win-win kind of setup versus like, you know, like you said, taking stuff and not giving anything back.
2: You know, I feel like this whole space, it's not a zero sum game, you know, it's like everyone, can, every, there's a way for everyone to win. And uh, it's just that for everyone to win, you got to spend a little bit more time doing the stuff and setting up bigger teams and infrastructures to handle the load, which is why I don't just, I'm only responsible for kind of uh, recording the content. I don't edit the videos or any of that. I don't manage the website, the forums, the Facebook group. All I do is uh, kind of come up with the, I write the content and then I record it and then my editor edits the videos, puts it up. And then I just run the stores, I do the marketing, and then Richard does the back-end operations. We got people running the forums, the Facebook yeah. group, and it's like I don't have that much work to do in terms of the overall group because that would be way too much work for me to run every single thing, like run the stores, run the
0: YouTube,
2: run the forum, <laughs> run the Facebook group. Like there's too much yeah, stuff. Nah, right? One nah. person handle.
0: Yeah. But you guys are doing something really awesome because, you know, like like you guys are creating jobs as well. And I think that's a really awesome thing when you can have your business as, a, as an instrument, especially at a time like this. So that's awesome. That's really, really cool thank you john because that was a really really good snippet i, I we will definitely put that in there because I, I think listeners should definitely check that out so yeah that, that was really really cool awesome well that was it was really really great interviewing both of you um it's rare that we have two guests on the show so thank you this is like i think this is like the second episode that we've had two people now so that so that, that's really awesome thanks for your time john thanks for your time richard really it's really amazing interviewing both of you
2: all right man yeah. thanks for the time it was nice to meet you bro nice to meet you nice to meet you
1: Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's taskdriv dot com.
0: Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.